0: Warning, this episode will contain explicit content. This may be offensive to children under the age of 18. Also, this may be offensive to some adults as well. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Use and Abuse the Music Podcast. I'm Scott.
1: And I'm Kim.
0: This is episode 50. Today we're going to be talking about Pete the PMRC part two, the illegal senate hearing, as coined by D Snyder of the Rock Band Twisted Sister. However, let's do a podcast update. We are now on Stitcher Podcast. So, that means go to Stitcher and find our podcast. If you want to listen to it on Stitcher, if you listen to everything else on Stitcher, you can now find us on Stitcher. Search Use and the Views A Music Podcast on Stitcher, and you will find it. Anyways. Wow, let's find out what is
1: this day in music history. Today is May 24th, 2019 and in 1969,
0: the guess who made their debut on American television scene, Scening these eyes and laughing on American bandstand.
1: The Beatles with Billy Preston started a five week run at number one on the U.S. singles chart with Get Back. The group's 17th U.S. number one credited to the Beatles with Billy P- Preston. It was a Beatles-only single that credited another artist, Get Back, was also the Beatles' first single release in true stereo in the U.S.
0: The released their single hit, Sugar Sugar.
1: Bob Dylan's album, Nashville Skyline, peaked at number three on the U.S. chart. The singer's ninth album, it also scored Dylan his fourth UK number one. The album featured Lay Lady Lay, which became one of Dylan's biggest pop hits, reaching number seven in the U.S., his biggest single in three years.
0: Oliver entered the U.S. charts with Good Morning Starshine, which would reach number three by July and go on to sell over a million copies. His real name was William Oliver Swifford.
1: Andy Kim entered the Billboard Pop Chart for the third time with Baby I Love You. The song will peak at number nine in June and in...
0: 1979, the three remaining members of Genesis give the, give the fans a thrill by manning the box office and selling their own tickets to an upcoming show at the Roxy in Los Angeles. And in...
1: 1989, Weird Al Yankovic... Recorded Generic Blues, Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota, Hot Rocks Polka, Attack of the Radioactive Hamsters, and Spam. The five tracks also appeared on the soundtrack to his film UHF.
0: The Mavis Staples album, Time Waits for No One, was released and in...
1: 1999, Queen singer Freddie Mercury, who died in 1991 was honored on a new set of Millennium stamps issued by the Royal Mail. Mercury, who who featured on the 19-pence stamp, was a keen stamp collector, and his collection was bought by the post office in 1993. The stamp marked his contribution to the Live Aid charity concert in 1985 and caused controversy by featuring a small portion of Queens drummer Roger Taylor in the background. UK stamps, by tradition, only carry pictures of living persons who are members of the royal family.
0: David Bowie wrote and recorded the song, What's Really Happening, during a live webcast. The song appeared on the album Hours and in
1: 2009. Former Wilco guitarist Jay Bennett dies in his sleep from an accidental overdose of prescription painkiller at age 45.
0: Billy Joel was being sued by his former drummer for hundreds of thousands of dollars in unpaid royalties. Liberty DeVito claimed that Joel hadn't paid him proper royalties for 10 years of his work. DeVito was Joel's drummer from 1975 until 2005 when he said, he was abruptly thrown out of the band. He said, and I quote, people get fired. They get severance or insurance for a certain period of time. I didn't even get a phone call. It was cold. End quote.
1: Happy birthday to the following.
0: Born on this day in 1969, Rich Robinson, guitarist of the Black crows is born in Atlanta, Georgia.
1: Last week in music news.
0: May 16th. Montgomery Gentry will release a new seven song EP called Outskirts on July or June 14th, produced by Noah Gordon and Shannon Hutchins. The EP was recorded in September 2017, days prior to Troy Gentry's death in a helicopter crash on September 8th, 2017. The new EP includes covers of Merle Haggard's What Am I Gonna Do With the Rest of My Life and Daryl Scott, Scott's. You'll never learn Harlan alive. You'll never leave Harlan alive. While Keen of the World features the guitar chops of Grammy winner Steve Vai, can't wait for my friends to hear these songs. Whoops, I was trying that one again. And I quote, can't wait for my friends to hear these songs, end quote, says Eddie Montgomery. And I quote again, T Roy and I had a blast recording them, end quote
1: outskirt track list and songwriters
0: now i took out the songwriter so we won't worry about that so here's the track list is going to be outskirts
1: river take me
0: what am i gonna do with the rest of my life
1: never been nothing else
0: you'll never leave harlan alone alive
1: king of the world featuring steve Vai, Ve- Ve-
0: and joe's six-pack
1: may 17th the saga of woodstock 50 continues Has the Calvary arrived for the for Woodstock Fifty? A new financial partner, Oppenheimer and Company, has come on board. Although the exact capacity in which they're involved isn't entirely clear, from the announcement which describes the company's involvement as "quote financial advisor to complete the financing uh, for the festival," end quote. A source clarified somewhat that the festival has secured financing through o- Oppenheimer, although it was unclear how much is money is involved. The announcement fo- follows by two days, a court declaration that Woodstock 50's former financers, didn't, didn't you, had no right to cancel the festival as they had attempted to.
0: And I quote, we are thrilled to be on board for this incredible weekend of music and social engagement, end quote said John Tonelli, Oppenheimer's head of of debt capital markets and syndication in a statement. And I quote again, we believe in Woodstock as an important American American cultural icon and look forward to its regeneration in the green fields of Watkins Glen this August with all of the artists on the remarkable lineup, end quote.
1: The fate of the three-day gathering scheduled for August 16th through eight, August 18th has seemed, has seemed up in the air for weeks or months, as a deep rift between Woodstock 50 and Dentsu led to the breaking point of the latter company's attempted cancellation. The same court ruling that said the financiers had no right to cancel the gathering also stated that they didn't have to give back the $17.8 million investment they'd pulled out of a joint bank account. If the financial crisis has abated with Oppenheimer's entry into the story, permitting permitting and ticket pricing issues have yet to be resolved. Nonetheless, it was the promising development Woodstock 50 needed to keep hope alive. And of course, there's no if about it for co-founder Michael Lang, who waxed e- ebullient over hit this latest development. And I quote, we lined up artists who won't just entertain, but will remind the world that music has the power to bring people together to heal, to move us to action and tell us the stories of a generation, end quote, Lang said in a statement. And I quote, we look forward to putting on an incredible festival. Words cannot express how appreciative Woodstock 50, the artists, the fans and the community are to Oppenheimer for joining with us to make Woodstock 50 a reality, end quote. The announcement of Oppenheimer's involvement included a promise that tickets will go on sale shortly.
0: May 18th, Duncan Lawrence from the Netherlands wins Eurovision 2019.
1: May 19th, Scorpions start writing for potential new album in 2020.
0: May 20th, it appears that Vinnie Vincent has canceled yet another comeback show. The page selling tickets for the former Kiss guitarist June 7th Speedball Jam concert at SIR Studios in Nashville has been removed from Vincent's website. A representative for SIR confirmed that confirmed to Ultimate Classic Rock that the show wouldn't would won't be happening at the venue, explaining that it had been pulled from the schedule this morning and that its only involvement with the with the event was to rent the space to Vincent. There's no word on whether or not the show will be rescheduled at another venue.
1: May 21st, Blake Shelton says his creative mom has, and I quote, taken her artwork to the next level with chickens and the animals that poops breakfast, end quote.
0: That's what it says. It says poops. That's what the article said. May 22nd. Next year marks 20 years since the release of Papa Roach's major label debut *Infest*, and the group has plans to celebrate the album's anniversary. The album, which was certified triple platinum in July of 2001, is the second album from Papa Roach and the one that broke them on a mainstream level off the back of the all-time hit single, Last Resort. Senior Jacoby Shydix spoke with Z93 at the Sonic Temple Festival over the weekend, revealing, and I quote, 2020 we're going to be ce- we're going to celebrate the 20th anniversary of our album infest and so april 25th 2020 we have we will be having a celebration end quote
1: now music purchases this week
0: on friday may 17th i went over to our local local goodwill as it had been a while since we've been there i looked at the records and found a few but decided against it because i found a Sony dual cassette tape or tape deck for a home stereo system while walking up to the register I noticed about 15 or more bags filled with vinyl records and they were priced each bag at $5.99 or $5.99 so I looked picked up two bags once Kim got off off of work we went back over, picked up two more and a CD Upon leaving, we talked about Saturday, May 18th, because it was the 50% off entire store day over there. Well, we knew we had to be over there by 7.30 a.m. as on the 50% off days, they open at just 8 a.m. or at 8 a.m. on at Goodwill. On Saturday, we ended up buying around or another nine bags. (laughs) Now, each of these bags held about 20 LPs each. We end up with a few duplicates and three with either the wrong record in the jacket or missing the second LP of a two record set. So instead of mentioning all the records we picked up in one episode, we decided that we will do 20 every 20 or so every week. In other words, one bag each week. There will also be videos of each of these bags available on our YouTube page, which we will be releasing a new one. Um, we'll be releasing them every Tuesday, so expect this coming Tuesday will be the first one that you'll see and then subsequent Tuesdays after that we'll have new uh, new videos of those purchases. anyways, so let's go over the first batch of them.
1: Goodwill
0: May eighteenth two thousand nineteen final Steve Warner. One Good Night Deserves Another released 1985. It was on it, uh, it was on the U- US Billboard Top Country Albums n- number 20.
1: Johnny Tilliston, It Keeps Right On a Hurting released June 1962, US Billboard Top 200 Albums number 8.
0: The Statler Brothers The Best of the Statler Brothers Rides Again Volume 2 released 1979 and Was on the U.S. Billboard Top Country Albums Chart at number 4.
1: Mel Tillis, It's a Long Way to Daytona, released 1982, U.S. Billboard Top Country Albums number 38.
0: Denise Williams, Nisi, released March 19, 1982, U.S. Billboard Top 200 Albums number 20.
1: Tanya Tucker, TNT, released November 1978. U.S. Billboard Top Country Albums, number
0: two. Gordon Lightfoot, Gord's Gold, released November 1975. U.S. Billboard Top 200 Albums, number 34. And U.S. Billboard Top Country Albums, chart number 15.
1: Barbara Mandrell, In Black and White, released April 30th, 1982. U.S. Billboard Top Top Country Albums, number seven.
0: Barbara Mandrell, Get to the Heart, released October. August 19th, 1985, U.S. Billboard Top Country Charts, number 25.
1: Rita Coolidge, Anytime, Anywhere, released March 1977, U.S. Billboard Top 200, number 6, and U.S. Billboard Top Country Albums, number 23.
0: Razzie Bailey, Razzie, released 1980, U.S. Billboard Top Country Albums, number 12.
1: Herb Alpert. Beyond release. Re, beyond released 1980. U.S. Billboard Top 200 number 28.
0: Ronnie McDowell, The Keen is Gone, released September 1977. U.S. Billboard Top Country Albums number number 18. Chic. S- S- yes, Chic.
1: Sist Chic. Released like April, August 11th. 1978 u.s billboard top 200 number four and u.s billboard top r&b albums number one
0: station break you're probably wondering why i'm station breaking right here
1: yeah i am
0: because this is what i'm gonna tell the people if you know chic and you know their songs this is the album that has their biggest hit called "La freak all right back to the show Billy Guitar, a legend in his time, a tribute to Jim Reeves. There was no information on that. I can't find out any information on what, when it was released or and it didn't show up anywhere on uh, any Billboard charts.
1: Engelbert Humperdinck, Release Me, debut album, released 1967, U.S. Billboard Top 200, number seven.
0: Carl Smith's Greatest Hits, Volume 2, released 1969, U.S. Billboard Top Country Albums, number 40.
1: Bobby Vinton, Vinton, released June 1969, U.S. Billboard Top 200, number 69.
0: Santo and Johnny, self-titled, released
1: 1959. Sergeant, Staff Sergeant Barry Sadler, Ballads of the Green Beret, Released January 20th, 1966, U.S. Billboard 200, number one, and U.S. Billboard Top Country Albums, number one.
0: Station break again. Now this is, because if you guys remember, this was part of her 50 album, it was part of the 50 album challenge we did a few, about a month ago, probably now, that we told you about, and this was on there, so this is actually our second copy of this album. Anyways, back to the show.
1: May 17th, 2019.
0: CD. Now, station break again before we get into this. This one here is an amazing, I can't, I can't believe this is at Goodwill. Okay, this, first of all, this is still Goodwill, but this is Friday. I didn't, as you can tell, those albums that we just mentioned were just off because we got so many of them. I just went with the first batch and they're all from Saturday. But this CD, I decided I had to put on this episode now because we got this on the Friday. And this is crazy, but right back to the show. This is a CD I picked up, and this was at Goodwill for like $2. As a matter of fact, I have it right here next to me $2.99. $3 for this CD. Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody, the original soundtrack, released October 19th, 2018. US Top Rock Albums number one, and US Billboard 200 number two. And yes, this is the soundtrack to the movie. That was at Goodwill already.
1: Wow. What a week it has been for music purchased. Here is your second warning. This part of the show may be offensive to some people and not suitable for children under the age of 18. Listener discretion advised. Now, let's get into our main topic. PMRC P, P-R-MC part...
0: PMRC. I, I I typed it wrong, sorry.
1: <laughs> PMRC Part 2. Oh, I keep on. The I, Senate I, I keep, hearing.
0: Keep doing that for some reason. Anyways, it's a, it's a September 19th, 1985, the Senate hearing. Here's what it says at the very top. Record label labeling hearing before the committee of on commerce. Science and Transportation United States Senate Senate 99th Congress. Contents of Music and Lyrics of Records.
1: Committee Chairman John Denforth, Republican, Missouri.
0: Committee Members Bob Packwood, Republican, Oregon.
1: Barry Goldwater, Republican, Arizona.
0: Nancy Casebaum, Republican, Kansas.
1: Larry Pressler. Republican, South Dakota.
0: Slade Gorton, Republican, Washington.
1: Ted Stevens, Republican, Alaska.
0: Bob Kasten, Republican, Wisconsin.
1: Paul Tribble, Jr., Republican, Virginia.
0: Ernest Hollings, Democrat, South Carolina.
1: Russell Long, Democrat, Louisiana. Daniel Ioi,
0: Democrat, Hawaii. I'm pretty sure, and I apologize if I did butcher his name. But Hawaiian names are hard.
1: Wendell Ford, Democrat, Kentucky.
0: Donald Regal, Jr., Democrat, Michigan.
1: James Exxon, Democrat, Nebraska.
0: Albert Gore, Jr., Democrat, Tennessee.
1: And John Rockefeller, the fourth, fourth, Democrat, West Virginia.
0: In this first part, we'll hear opening statements from Chairman Danforth, Senator Hollings, Senator Tribble, and Senator Gore. After we hear this part, we'll provide our statements on what we heard and what we take away from these opening statements. Take it away, Chairman Danforth.
2: Hearing is on the subject of the content of some, and I want to underscore the word some, not all, rock music, which uh, it is, uh, it, it has been pointed out by a number of people has really uh, broken new ground as to the content of, uh, of music and the lyrics uh, that are used in music. There have, I, I suppose, always been uh, cases of... Uh, Songs that are suggestive in one way or another. However, um, certain rock music that is now uh, being sold deals very explicitly with uh, sexual subjects. Some music glorifies uh, violence of various in various forms. Sexual violence. Some music. Uh, advocates the use of drugs, drug abuse, and so on. So the the reason for this hearing is not to promote any legislation. Indeed, I don't know of any suggestion that any legislation be passed. But to simply provide a forum for airing the issue itself, for ventilating the issue, for bringing it out in the public domain. The concern is that the public at large should be aware of uh, the existence of, uh, of this kind of music and the fact that it is now available to kids and that kids of all ages are able to buy it. It's my understanding that various private groups have been uh, holding discussions with people who are in the um, music publishing and uh, the music industry to try to uh, achieve some sort of understanding with respect to the labeling of records so that at least the whole family knows what's in them and not just um, the child who buys the record. That seems to me to be a reasonable suggestion. Uh, But the point of this hearing is not for me to make any particular suggestions, but to simply provide a forum so that the whole issue can be Uh, brought to the attention of the American people. I want to say a word about this hearing. Uh, We have a number of witnesses. They have all been given specific uh, time limits for their testimony, as is always the case in Commerce Committee hearings. It's going to be necessary for me to enforce those time limits strictly, and therefore I would ask the witnesses to do so voluntarily. Your prepared texts of your statements will be included in the record automatically. You don't even have to ask for permission for them to be in the record. They will be included in the record automatically. Um, So you don't have to take some of your time asking permission. Uh, It will be done. Um, With respect to the content of the statements, uh, to describe what's in the music that's in question, uh, will, I'm sure require some witnesses to use words and uh, describe things that uh, will shock the sensitivities of, of many of us in this room and many who are watching these proceedings on television. And I just wanted to warn you of that in advance um, so that, you know if children have the TV on, they can uh, or their parents, can know know what's, what's in store for them. Um, I want uh, witnesses to be able to inform the Senate of their points of view and the facts as they know them. But I would also hasten to say to witnesses that when you go beyond description and uh, needlessly uh, use... Uh, Expressions that may be in bad taste. This really is a this is a hearing of a of a Senate committee, and this is the the government of of the people of this country. It's really theirs, and uh, I would hope that s- standards would be used to the extent possible in your uh, discussions and in your testimony, which bears that in mind. Senator Hollings.
3: Mr. Chairman, I. First, uh, I want to commend our parents' Music Resource Center group for bringing this to the nation's or, let's say, nation's attention. I've had the opportunity to uh, attend a, a showing, you might say, a presentation of uh, this pawn rock, as they call it, in the test of pornography, one of the things to look at is that it does not have any redeeming social value. Uh, they could be an exception here because having attended that pres- presentation, the redeeming social value, I find that it's inaudible. <laughs> I have a hard time understanding it. And- Paul, since I traveled the country for three years and they said they couldn't understand me, maybe I could make a good rock star. I don't know. <laughs> but in all candor, I would tell you it's, it's outrageous filth. Uh, and we've got to do something about it. I, I take the tempered approach and commend it of our distinguished chairman. And yet I would make the exception that if I could find some way constitutionally to do away with it, I would. I noticed on the uh, media yesterday morning uh, something about a tax bill. I've looked into that. That does not pertain to this particular hearing. But we do know that... uh, The matter of the broadcast airwaves uh, gives more or less the most limited of protected speech because the airwaves do belong to the American public. They invade the privacy of the homes, and we do know under the law of pornography that children are given a special protection. I want everyone to know I'm keeping that foremost in mind and asking the best of constitutional minds if there's some way in the world to try to limit it as we go along with the voluntary labeling. I commend those who are now beginning to label. That's what we would like to have truth in labeling. I don't think we can outlaw pornography. Don't have that in mind at all. But to take six to seven hours, that's the average listening time. Senator, as I understand by the youngsters of this particular rock porn and and, and rock music and everything else of that kind, or let's say rock music and intersperse it with the pornography, is, an, is a matter of national concern. And uh, is something that we've got to give some kind of attention to within the constrictions of free speech. So I'll be looking from this senator's standpoint not just to bring pressures, but to try to see if there is some constitutional provisions, a tax, or approach that can be used on the Congress to limit this outrageous filth. Uh, su- violence, suggestions, suicide, everything else in the Lord's world. it uh, You wouldn't think of, or certainly the writers and framers of our First Amendment never have perhaps heard in their time, never considered uh, the broadcast airwaves and certainly that being piped into people's homes uh, willy-nilly over the air. So I... I'll be listening closely. I'm sorry we have also another defense appropriations markup that I must attain here shortly. I'll be in and out, but that's not because I'm not interested. We're very interested in trying our dead-level best to limit as best we can for the tender young heirs of America uh, controlling it from the rock pond. that will be presented here, I guess, in a few minutes again. I've heard some of it, and I'm sure you have. Senator Tribble? Mr. Chairman, a a brief statement, if I may. Uh, More
4: than 2,300 years ago, Plato recognized that music is a powerful force in our lives, that music forms character and therefore plays an important part in determining social and political issues. In Plato's words, when modes of music change The fundamental laws of the state change with them. Perhaps Daniel O'Connell, the 18th century Irish nationalist, expressed it best when he said, Let me write the songs of a nation, and I care not who makes its laws. Our culture powerfully affects individual character. When we're constantly confronted by that which is coarse, we become coarsened. Repeated exposure to song lyrics describing rape, incest, sexual violence, and perversion is like sandpaper to the soul. It rubs raw one's sensibilities, resulting in a state of emotional numbness. In the words of George Will, one becomes literally demoralized. Now, the effects of such lyrics on a well-adjusted child may not be cataclysmic. Rather, the emotional damage is more subtle, The effect on a troubled child, however, can be disastrous, pushing that child over the emotional precipice. And to the extent that individual attitudes are influenced, this becomes a very real social problem. The linkage between experience, thought, and action necessarily leads to concern about the consequences for society. And it demands a response from each of us, not as self-appointed guardians of the national morality as some would suggest but is concerned citizens and leaders of a great and lasting republic. To paraphrase John Donne, any man's death or harm diminishes me because I'm involved in mankind. Likewise we're all involved in the American social and political experiment, and what damages our children and diminishes their future harms us all. The mere announcement of this hearing led to cries of censorship. The issue before us, however, is not censorship. Censorship according to the classic legal definition is the review of publications for the purpose of prohibiting the publication, distribution, or production of material deemed objectionable as obscene, indecent, or immoral. The key word in that definition is prohibition. The issue before us is not prohibition but rather the exercise of moral suasion, the labeling of offensive lyrics, and other efforts aimed at encouraging restraint regarding the time, place, and manner of certain speech in question. That does not constitute censorship. The First Amendment is not under attack here. The Constitution is many things to many people, but they do not serve it well, those who thoughtlessly invoke its words to defend their every word in action. Mr. Chairman, I'm a senator and I'm also a father. Being a parent of two small children is the most important task I will ever have. If I were to serve in Congress for decades and be acclaimed a great statesman, I will have failed in my life if I fail to serve my children's best interests. To protect them during their youth, to provide for their needs, to encourage their education, These are all important, but I will be measured, indeed we will all be measured, by how we teach our children right from wrong, by whether we impart respect for self and for others, and whether we pass on to the future generations a sense of moral and ethical principle. That's what this hearing is all about. I believe this may well be the most important hearing conducted by the Commerce Committee this year. I look forward to working with you and my colleagues on this committee, the Parents Music Resource Center, the Recording and Broadcast Industries, and responsible citizens everywhere to combat, to respond to this very real problem. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Senator Tribble. Senator Gore?
5: Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Chairman, and I would like to thank you and commend you for calling this hearing. Because my wife has been heavily involved in the evolution of this issue, I have gained quite a bit of familiarity with it, and I've really gained an education in what is involved. The two most important things I've learned, which have changed my initial attitude to this whole concern, are, number one, the proposals made by those concerned about this problem do not involve a government role of any kind whatsoever. They're not asking for any form of censorship or regulation of speech in any manner shape, or form. What they are asking for is whether or not the music industry can show some self-restraint and working together in a manner similar to uh, that used by the movie industry, whether or not they can come up with a voluntary guide system for parents who wish to uh, exercise what they believe to be their responsibilities to their children to try to uh, prevent their children from being exposed to material that is uh, not appropriate for them. The second thing I've learned uh, over the past several months is that the kind of material in question is really very different from the kind of material which has caused uh, similar controversies in past generations. It really is very different, and I think uh, those who have not uh, become familiar with this material will will realize uh, that fact when they they see some of the examples that involve extremely popular groups that get an awful lot uh, of play, some of the most popular groups around now. Uh, I I was interested, uh, when the hearing uh, was first uh, announced, to have the opportunity to ask uh, the heads of the record companies uh, whether or not they felt uh, some responsibility. Uh, I am told by staff that every single one of the chief executive officers invited to to participate chose uh, to decline that invitation. I I fully understand that, but I wanted to note uh, that fact for the record, and and I I think that they should take a look at what their companies are doing and just ask themselves as human beings whether or not this is the way they want to uh, spend their lives, if this is the way they want to earn a living. If this is the kind of contribution they want to make to the society in in which we live, no one's proposing or contemplating the government answering that question for them. But as citizens of this country, it seems to me we have the right to ask them whether or not they wish to to answer the question. And and I hope that they will. Thank you, Mr. Chairman.
2: Senator Gore, thank you very much. I, I want to uh, point out that uh, we have received. I have received a letter from. Uh, Mr. Robert McConnell, Vice President of CBS, um, stating that uh, he uh, received the invitation to appear here too late to prepare his testimony and that he is very interested in the hearings and would be willing to appear at some later hearing. Senator Rockefeller. Senator Gordon. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, I'm here to hear the
0: witnesses, and I do not uh, need to uh, hold us off any further by any opening statement. So, Kim, what do you think about that?
1: Oh, my gosh. I was just rolling my eyes through the whole thing. (laughs) It's like, oh, my gosh. You are just, uh, they're contradicting themselves, constantly contradicting them.
0: All right, You're, you're saying they're constantly contradicting themselves let's let's start off with the Chairman. I mean, he has some opening remarks what What did you think of his opening remarks? I mean, he's sitting here saying you know it's not about censorship. um, and a few of them actually said that also uh Senator Triple said that Tribble said it wasn't about censorship, so what's your opinion on them saying it's not about censorship?
1: They may declare that it's not about censorship, but if you look at it, yeah, it is kind of pushing censorship and kind of pushing what music people are allowed to listen to.
0: Well, okay. But, okay. But let me ask you a question. I mean, now you, I mean, I, I mean, let's use darling Nikki as an example from the last episode. You know, the, the thing that kind of pretty much started this whole thing. Do you think darling Nikki, and I'm just going to shove this, throw this at you. Do you think darling Nicky is a song that a five, six, seven year old, or at least a five year old, six year old kid should be listening to.
1: No, I do not. But that's where the parents are supposed to take a role and say, okay, let me listen to this first before I let my five-year-old take a peek at it.
0: Okay, so, but that's what, okay, I I see where you're going with this, but that's what they were trying to say here is they need, I mean, do you agree that there should be, I mean, here we're in 2019, we have the labeling system now. You know, it's, it's been in place. Uh, does it really help? Not really, because it's, it just tells you parental advisory, discretion, advised. You know, it doesn't tell you what's in the album.
1: No, it don't. So your five-year-old can go pick up this album that said parental discretion advised. Look, mommy, look, daddy, I found this amazing album. Put it in the cart. And then when they get home and finally listen to it, then the parents are all up in arms about their five-year-old picking this album out.
0: Right, okay, so, I mean, as far as I go, I mean, Senator Hollings, what a, uh, he, if he could constitutionally, he'd find a way to ban it. Yeah, which. I mean, he, he just want to ban rock music.
1: Yeah, which is ridiculous because rock music is art. It is well, art. I
0: mean, if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to ban rock music, then you better ban R&B, you better ban um, country, Western, you better ban it all
1: yeah exactly I mean
0: and also ban hymns
1: yeah, exactly. if you're gonna ban one music genre, you've gotta ban them all
0: all right and then then the point he made that uh according that kids are listening to this for six to seven hours a day, and I'm like, hold it, wait a minute you know i i remember back in my time you know I mean I you know we went to school roughly about what seven to eight hours
1: yeah, we did okay,
0: uh I got up in the morning, got showered, I didn't listen to music at that point in the morning. Then, you know, maybe when I was driving, you know, started driving. Yeah, I was listened listen to go pick, when I go pick up my friends. I'd listen to that little point there. But, you know, and then after school, once school was out, I mean, if it was football season, I had football practice. We didn't, I didn't listen to music, you know, and then I had to go home, eat dinner, have homework. uh Once I got done with Horton, I might have had an extra two hours of that, maybe two hours, one to two hours that evening to listen to music. Maybe three if I'm lucky.
1: Yeah, I never I didn't figure out where he got those stats either because oh, yeah. I was like you and I also had homework. I also was wound up in after school activities. I also had other family obligations that were put in place and there was no time to listen to any music for any amount of time, let alone 7 hours. The only time I ever listened to music was maybe couple hours on the weekends the longest is if we're on a road trip and even then i fell asleep during half of it
0: okay and then the other thing uh he was talking about uh how the you know radio waves you know it pretty much coming into the privacy of the home okay here's the problem though is even back in 1985 and before uh i mean first of all we're talking about don't let oh probably about the only there's only a couple songs on the filthy, filthy 15 that were even on the radio you know is Really, when it comes down to it, you know, he's talking about, well, you got this radio. Okay, first of all, dude, the FCC by then, even then, was was fining radio stations for uh, playing language over the air. You know, the FCC was already all over that stuff. So, there's no need, you know, again, you don't have radio, if radio stations are playing stuff with bad language in them, then they get fined. You know, that's what that is in place for. That's what the FCC for. A parent, a parent, a person will make a complaint to FCC, and that station gets, you know, they get dogged for it. You know, they they will send an FCC person to to that area to listen to that to that station for a while, and if they hear anything questionable, then they'll get a hold of the station and either give them a warning or give them a fine.
1: Yeah, it also brings up the question, though. I do understand that if there is something wrong with the radio, you know, if something unprofessional as we call it, comes across radio, such as language or a comment.
0: Howard Stern. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, well, but
0: I mean, the thing is with, with, Howard, with Howard Stern, real quick, and I'm just going to throw this out there, is he was fined. He was constantly being fined. His radio stations were being fined. He was constantly losing his job because he was being fined.
1: Well, yeah. And again, it all goes back to choice. If you don't want your kids listening to the radio, don't have it in your house.
0: Uh, I don't really have no, much comment for, I don't have no comments for Tribble. Um, besides the fact that we're, we're, we're talking 2,300 years ago from 85 and then uh, probably about 800 years ago. And then um, I don't know if you got anything about on Tribble.
1: What did Play-Doh and the other one have to do with the hearing at all?
0: Not, nothing in my book.
1: That's what I thought. Okay. All that was was a stupid, unnecessary history lesson.
6: Yeah,
0: pretty much. All right. Um, then we get to uh, Senator Gore. Um, of course, he makes the, he he lets you know that, you know, he, he, he got, he became known of this because of his wife. Um, but, you know, uh, as he, as he put in there, uh, he he said that the, the PMRC, PMRC wants no uh, government role yet. Okay. But here's my thing, but we're having a hearing.
1: Yeah, exactly. So if you don't, that's the other contradiction that I was going to bring up. He stated the government doesn't want any role in it. But like you said, we're having this hearing to see if we can get labels right, I mean, on this, these things, these we're, records, well, these CDs, these tapes, whatever was there.
0: Right. I mean, well, I mean, at this point here, you're wasting taxes to pay your dollar. Yeah, you are. Okay. Which, you know, we don't. And as everybody knows, the Republicans and Democrats all have a good... We have, they know how they can waste they know how to waste taxpayer dollars we know that
1: yeah they do
0: today um and then uh, one thing I do agree with him on is a, is a rating system just like the movies you well, know I don't see the problem with a, P, a G, PG I mean eventually we got PG-13 uh, and an R rating and then of course NR or you know X if you want to go like with two like crew you know I mean I don't have a problem with the rating system
1: well, I don't either. I think the really,
0: rating. I think, uh, go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: I think the rating system is a good idea because it's even on video games nowadays. Right. And, you know, you've got MA, mature audiences. Right.
0: But I mean, I, I, again, I, I don't see why we can't just use the same Dane rating system that we have all the way through, you know, that are on movies, you know, and come up with the same point of it. You know, if, I mean, I, I'd i say most albums are, pre, are pretty much PG-13.
1: Yeah, they are. They are pretty much pre- pg 13 due to the content right that would have been a better solution than ho- holding this hearing and wasting taxpayers money
0: now the only other thing I, I was kind of you know I was kind of like with Senator Gore on this one is it, I did find it interesting that no record company executive showed up um and then of course then we get an excuse from the CBS records guy a while oh I just got my invitation to no dude. You, your secretary, you told your secretary you to hold it and give it to you late so you could write some bullcrap uh, excuse and send it to the Senate. I mean, I'm sorry, they all knew when it was going down. So, he, I mean, it was all over the news. It was all, you know, everybody knew this he- hearing was coming up. So, again, that's just a lame excuse for not being there.
1: Well, yeah, to me, it just shows that the record companies didn't want to show up to the hearing because they didn't want to deal with it.
0: Right, well, because they, they feel they had... I mean, in their book, they had no control over it. Yeah. No, but then again, we could talk about they. They also admitted not having any control over Paola, which most of our fans don't know about. But there's a great podcast about that. But that's pretty much Paola was is where they were paying disc jockeys to play albums or see or play singles to get make them number one.
1: Yeah, exactly. But
0: um, and then the only thing I have, only thing I want to add on about Gorton there was he didn't he didn't want to waste any more time than. Why say anything? Rock Senator Rockefeller did it fine. He he, you know, went like you know did this, shush shush or whatever, you know to prove that he didn't want to talk. You know why? Why did Gordon have to say? Well, I just don't want. I think we just need to get into this, and then and then uh, uh, sign not gonna waste any more time. Yeah,
1: it sounded to me like
0: I know it's not quite how he sounded, but you know (laughs) what I mean.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. It sounded to me like he just he just had to say something instead of doing the universal pass sign that they do if they don't want to talk on a hearing he just right. had to put his two cents in and that right. was an unnecessary two cents
0: right it was it's a little more waste of time yes all right all right so let's get on let's get on with part two here of this we'll now hear from senator paula hawkins the first witness is uh,
2: senator paula hawkins who has joined us uh, here at the uh at the committee's uh, desk. Senator Hawkins delighted to have you here.
6: I commend you Mr. Chairman and the committee for holding this all-important hearing. As chairman of the Children, Family, Drug, and Alcoholism subcommittee this is a subject that I am very familiar with. The wealth of a nation is measured by its children. We decided as a committee in the last 18 months to hold hearings discussing the role of the media in drug abuse and prevention and education. There we learned that by the fourth grade, children have already decided whether or not to take drugs. We asked the question, does the media behave responsibly in portraying values to our children? In the second hearing, the issue of alcohol advertising in the broadcast media, we weighed heavily the First Amendment considerations involved when the media portray behavior, which many Americans find objectionable. Today we're raising the question, how far should society go to keep young children from being exposed to images and words which may run counter to Parents' values and beliefs in decency. It's the parent we blame if the child gets on drugs. It's the parent we blame if the child commits suicide. It's the parent we blame if the child burns down a building. Just how much guilt can we place on these parents without giving them some assistance? And as Senator Gore has so eloquently stated, it's been 30 years since Elvis. Uh, first shook his hips on the Ed Sullivan show and here we are uh, talking about the content of rock music and its presentation in records on re- album covers and advertising concerts and a rock video. Much has changed since Elvis seemingly innocent times. Subtleties, suggestions and innuendo have given way to overt expressions and descriptions of often violent sexual acts, drug-taking and flirtations with the occult. The record album covers to me are self-explanatory. And I'd like to show just a sampling of a record cover. Pyromania, no question. Burn the building, burn, burn, burn. Porn rock. I, it's my life. And I love sex. With obviously a lot of fire and chains and other objectionable tools of gratification in some twisted minds. There is no question about the message. And I still hear art is art. And in America, artists are supposed to be free to express themselves. And who has the responsibility to answer that question? Parents, the music industry, the government? I speak as a legislator, I speak as a parent. a veteran who has brought up three children through adolescence. I know the temptations dangled in front of teenagers. And I know the frustrations parents experience all through this process. The sense of hopelessness when you get the feeling your child won't listen to you. There is, in these times, often a need to look to a force outside yourself for help. The question we must ask is, should the force be the government? And that's what this hearing is designed to determine. I believe it will be helpful before we proceed any further to get an idea of what it is we're talking about. One criticism of the rock industry is the way it portrays values in rock videos, which are viewed by the kids while we are all busy here being legislators. There are suggestions that the move to label rock albums be extended to videos as well. I don't watch much television. I'm not sure how many of my colleagues get much opportunity to watch any of the music video shows now available on cable and free TV. I brought along two videos from which to choose, which I believe are representative of the kind of presentation which have caused the furor. We will show them. The first is by the group of Van Halen.
0: At this point, Senator Hawkins does show the music video for Van Halen's Hopper Teacher. Um, it does play in the actual Senate hearing, but I'm not going to let it play just because I don't really want to get hit with copyright. Uh, so at this point, they're watching the music video up to the guitar solo for Hopper Teacher.
6: That video... That video is no, called. Wait,
2: no, wait a second, Senator Hawkins, just a minute. No, this is a very uh, large crowd today. We have allowed people in beyond the capacity of this room. We're not going to have any demonstrations, no applause, no demonstrations of any kind.
6: I thank the chairman. The title of that tape was Hot for Teacher. And we will uh, give each senator a copy of the words they'll promise not to distribute them beyond their own possession. Uh, The next video is by the group Twisted Sister, and we'll show you a brief portion of that. These are very popular videos.
0: At this moment, Senator Hawkins is now showing the popular music video for Twisted Sister called We're Not Going to Take It. Um, Let's go ahead and get back to Senator Hawkins on the other side of the video.
6: Mr. Chairman, I think... uh, picture's worth a thousand words this issue is too hot not to cool down parents are asking for assistance and i hope we always remember that no success in life would compensate for failure in the home
2: senator hawkins thank you very much
0: all right so there we go we just heard from senator hawkins and Kimberly, what is your opinion? No, oh, I can't wait for this one.
1: <laughs> All she's doing is she's p- placing the blame on someone else instead of the parents. It is the oh. parents' responsibility to let their children know what's wrong and what's right. It's not the media that decides to, who decides to push the drugs. And I'm sorry, course. Fourth grader, a fourth grader decides to take drugs. I don't think so.
0: Yeah, that's actually one of the things I pointed out. I'm like, I, I I put down real quick. I'm like, uh, fourth grade children decide to use drugs. They use. They decide to use drugs at fourth grade. I'm like, holy hell. I don't remember. I mean, I don't. Even, I don't even remember being introduced to any type of drugs at fourth grade.
1: I wasn't either.
0: I mean, maybe some prescription stuff. Maybe. Yeah. But, she's Louise. Okay, real quick. I just want to talk about, uh, so she taught, you heard her say she held up a, a few of the um, album arts whatnot, right? So, uh, first one she holds up, she actually doesn't say it, which is kind of bullshit, but she holds up Wasp's, uh single uh, for Animal Fuck Like a Beast, which shows Blackie Law. Lo- and again, it shows him in the cod piece with the saw blade coming through the cod piece um these will be also I will find uh uh pictures of these online of her showing these of her actually showing these I'll try to find pictures with her and these pieces and get them pasted on our Facebook Twitter uh not Twitter I mean yeah Twitter and um Instagram okay uh then the other one she talks about pyromania by Def Leppard and I mean honestly I mean I guess what if you guys think about it if you think about the pyromania pyromania album cover well, I guess in a way, she's right. The Taliban must have got must have used that album cover for the reason why they attacked the twin towers on 9-11. That must be where he got the idea was pyromania. I'm joking, by the way. I'm not being fucking serious about this. Burn build burn a building. No, the album's called Pyromania, honey. It's showing something exploding. It just happens to be on the building. Okay, then, I know you want what do you want to say.
1: I said, and how does she know that that album cover was not somebody demolishing a building that was old?
0: That's true. Well, it's because it does show a site, though. It does show a site on the building. Anyways, but see, they're taking it down with a rocket launcher. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Anyways, then, I don't, did you catch it? I don't know if you caught it or not, but just before she holds that Wendy O. Williams one up, there's a dude who goes, Wendy O. Williams, porn rock.
1: Yeah, I heard that. Did you
0: hear that? Okay, I mean, I, I was like, you know, you catch it. You're like, oh my gosh! So she doesn't know what the hell she's holding up.
1: No, she don't. So some
0: dude, somebody else is telling her what to say. Yeah, in my in my opinion. Um, then this is what gets me. She's saying that the government needs to be involved in this, yet rewind back, and Senator Gore said that the PMRC. Wanted no government role in this.
1: Yeah, exactly. So all she's trying to do is she's trying to push this issue and trying to push these guys to to vote to have the government involved in all this, which is bullshit because it goes against everything of the government. Not only what Gore said, but also of the government taking over our lives and telling us, well, you can listen to this and you can listen to that. No, you can't listen to this, let alone telling everybody that the parents have no responsibility for what they teach their kids.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you're just saying that parents have no responsibility at all. You know, parents, they parents can't handle being parents. So our parents can't handle being parents. They need help. I mean, again, I agree. Again, I'm not I mean I'm not gonna sit here and say that the labeling system hurt anything, because it really didn't. You know, it I mean the only thing it did do was make companies like Walmart decide that they weren't gonna carry none of this stuff. Um, even though the labeling system was never meant for um you know, you'd be eighteen to buy this stuff, even though a lot of stores did that. You know, so anyways, so here's just these so you got anything else you want to add on about what she was talking about? No. No? Yes? No, maybe? No, no? No. I mean, the only thing that she did say that she did talk about or do was is she brought it that she was going to hand out the lyrics to hot for, hot for Teacher. Um, I thought about reading them, and I guess, um, but if you guys just search them out, I mean, are, there's a few parts where, yeah, I guess, you know, they could be mis... Well, I mean they are miscues they they are meant a different way like um hey i heard you missed us we're back i brought my pencil give me something right on man that can be that can be taken two ways now obviously a young adolescent uh teenage boy is thinking sexual well yeah but then again that and it had nothing to do with it i mean hell i was already thinking sexual in that song the minute i first heard it well yeah You know, but that was because I was in that age bracket for that crap. Yeah. You know, my hormones were going 300 friggin' miles an hour. Yeah. You know, I was noticing everything about girls. Well, yeah. You know, so, I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't like I needed a damn uh, Song. song to help me. But, you know, I mean, as far as, yes, there are, I mean, I know, I know some kids are affected differently by songs and some kids, you know, could, Use the songs to make them commit suicide and all that stuff, but again, I think what we on this one here, it's just it's funny listening to these adults, especially when she brings up the part of Elvis shaking his hips, and that was the other thing. Um, and and that there's a big difference between songs of then to songs of 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 at least 1985, and it's like no, the biggest the main difference really is is just the description of what's going on. Well, yeah. Because, I mean, again, like I said last week, you know, you could take the song Stuck On To You, and that can be severely sexual.
1: Yes, it can.
0: I'm going to stick like glue, because mm-hmm. I'm stuck on to you. I mean.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, that could be sexual. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, good. It it's because it was written in 19 the four fifties.
1: I think it's 50, 1950, yeah. I don't yeah.
0: remember. I don't know. Anyways. We're, we're not trying to make this one an hour and a half like we did last week. Um, so, hey, give us your guys' thoughts on what you heard today. Don't listen to what we, you know, don't. This is just our opinions. Give us your thoughts. Let us know what you think of both of these sections that you just heard. You know, tell us what, what you took from each of the senators when they were given the ones that did give opening statements. Give us your thoughts on this. Um, I, if I can, I will try to find, uh, actually we'll talk about that here. Just, if I can, I'll, I'll try to find some videos and get them posted up on my YouTube page on our YouTube page. So you guys can see what was going on at that time. Um, otherwise, you know, again, give us your thoughts about what you heard, heard on this episode on the first section with the opening statements from the senators all the way through the Last, uh, the first witness being uh, Senator Paula Hawkins. Um, you can email us, tweet us, leave a post on our Facebook page. If you don't want to leave these things, or emails, is kind of like direct messaging, so you don't have to worry about that. But if you don't want to leave a a, per, a personal tweet or or a tweet where everybody can see it, or a Facebook post where everyone can see it, then go ahead and DM, it, DM us. You know, I will check the DMs and you mean DM us on DM us on Instagram, but we would like to hear from you and hear your thoughts. Next week, we'll be hearing more from the Senate hearing. Uh, we decided that we will play most of the Senate hearings, just so you'll be able to hear the words yourself from these people involved in this hearing. Also, we will be posting pictures on again pictures on Instagram and Facebook regarding. The album covers Senator Hawkins showed. And on YouTube, we will add the Van Halen, Van Halen's Hopper teacher, and Twisted Sisters, We're Not Going to Take It music videos to our light video section. Um, and if I can, I will try to see if I can pull these. I only paid for, so how we got this in, is I paid for the audio the MP3 file of the Senate hearing off of C-SPAN. Now, there, if you go to C-SPAN, you can see the whole five-hour show. <laughs> Um, but there is some of this stuff that's actually been put on YouTube. So I will try to find those videos. I'll try to like them and maybe I'll throw them into a folder, uh, entitled PMRC Senate hearing. I think that's what I'll go with PMRC. So look for a PMRC Senate hearing folder, um, on our YouTube page. And you should find hopefully the opening statements from the uh chairman and uh, three or four senators, including Senator Gore and then a clo- and then Senator Paula Hawkins uh testimony, which would probably include the music videos. Just so you know. So you'll probably actually see those on YouTube. Um i don't think they've copied or strict any of those scenes, but hopefully they're on there. Um if not, let me know and I will help direct you guys or if not, uh let me just let me know and I'll Maybe we'll post up, uh, I'll post up a link to the C-SPAN page also. That way you can kind of, if you want, you don't have to watch the whole five hours, but you'll get an idea. Because pretty much what you heard today was taken right off the first, uh, pretty much the first 30, 35 minutes of, 35 minutes worth of the Senate hearing, okay? So, other than that, again, like I said, next week we will hear more from the Senate hearing. but. As for this episode goes, let's get the hell out of here.
1: In closing, we would like to thank you all for downloading this episode. If you are a new listener and haven't subscribed, please click the subscribe button. If you subscribe, you will be notified when a new episode becomes available. Another way to help our podcast is by giving us a five-star review. It will help new listeners find this show when they are looking for a new podcast to listen to. Also. You, our listeners, can share this show on your own social media accounts to help spread the word about this podcast. Thanks again to all our current and longtime listeners.
0: Used and abused can be found on the following social media platforms.
1: Twitter, at usedabusedpod.
0: Facebook, at usedabusedpod.
1: Tumblr, usedabusedpod.
0: Instagram, usedandabusedpod. And it's spelled out A-N-D.
1: YouTube, used and abused pod.
0: Email usedandabusedpod at gmail.com again and is spelled out A N D.
1: As always, all social media links will be included in the description of each and every episode. So you can always click on these links as well.
0: We can be found on the following podcast apps and directories Anchor, iTunes,
1: Apple Podcasts,
0: Google Play Music,
1: Google Podcasts.
0: Pocket Cast,
1: Overcast, Breaker, Cast Box,
0: Radio Public,
1: Spotify, TuneIn, and now on Stitcher Podcasts.
0: Please rate, review, use, and abuse the music podcast. Until the next episode,
1: have a great weekend,
0: a great work week,
1: be kind to everyone, and, and keep, keep the music playing. playing.